We are geek-centric, and you can be too. Welcome, foolish mortals. Uh, I mean geeks, to the scariest, most terrifying podcast in the entire world. Well, probably not, uh, but we do <laughs> hope to have a hauntingly good time. My name is Kevin, and in today's episode, we discuss some interesting new Marvel casting news, take a look at a couple of trailers that ought to get kids and kids at heart excited, and then we face off in a spooktacular edition of Total Recast. But first, if you are joining us for the first time, this is a weekly show covering the world of film, television, gaming, toys, and collectibles, and all things geek-centric. Joining me on the show, we have J-Law the Jovial Jack-O-Lantern. <laughs> jovial. Know. Just know. always Jovial's, jovial. We always use jovial. It's gotta yeah. be, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and to his right, no, his left, my right, we have Nate. The Nimble Necromancer. Wow. <laughs> Epic. So you're scary, but you do it very nimbly. Oh, about you? Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. What? Sorry. A necromancer is one of the ones that is like, is death? Is that what I am? It's death or like somebody who brings back from the dead. I'm not sure, but it's something involving doom and gloom. We are just a uh, few days away from Halloween on uh, uh, while we're recording this, and uh, uh, I just you guys know uh, that is very ex- a very exciting time for Sarah and I. This yeah, is her Christmas, and so we're in full festive spirits. Yeah, you're the king of Halloween, Kevin. That's what I would say. Uh, she's the queen, and I'm her, you know, sidekick. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say it's <laughs> more of a more Sarah like thing it. than it is Kevin, because Kevin's a big child. It okay. definitely is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but anytime I can get Sarah in a good mood for like three or four solid days, it's a win. So there you no, go. I'm kidding. She's all. She's always in a good mood. Um, but yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, I will quickly state to our audience that we had an episode recorded last week, and Ooh. due to some technical difficulties, <laughs> it. Um, it uh, disappeared, we'll say. We'll, it'll never be heard again. It, it lost to the ages. It's, wow. And, it's in the archives. And in my opinion, it, it might have been the best one we ever did, too. So it's a real, <laughs> it's a real shame. Yeah. But um, uh, last week, we did talk a bit about uh, the new Aaron Sorkin movie. Um, um, and uh, we had a great discussion about that. Uh, I think uh, the general consensus was that it was uh, another solid outing, outing from Sorkin, maybe not his best work, but uh, definitely worth the watch with some great performances. And um, I think the standout performance was probably from Sasha Baron Cohen. Mm-hmm. And I think after watching that, we all sort of uh, went exploring because of it into some things for our watcher this week. So guys... Did the performance in that movie sort of inspire you to check anything out this week? Nate, why don't we start with you? Oh, wah, wah, wee, wah. Uh, it might have. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I think there is a couple things that we definitely checked out. Um, for me, more along the lines of Sorkin, I actually okay. moved into... Uh, I, I was taking a look and seeing, like, hey, what else has Sorkin made recently besides... I know he did the Facebook movie, but um, Steve Jobs and, like, 
I'm a huge Apple fan, and anyone who knows me. And you um, haven't seen it? You hadn't seen it I, I had never seen Steve Jobs. Oh. Justin was yelling at me over the phone. He's like, how dare you? You're just lucky um, it wasn't me. I would have been yelling <laughs> even louder. Well, I mean, I was. Well, I, I, listen, I went to the theater, I think, twice to go see the Ashton Kutcher one. Um, and I don't understand now why I did that after seeing Steve Jobs. Because <laughs> this movie was infinitely much better than the Ashton Kutcher one. Um, Absolutely. But no, I, I, I I really enjoyed it. Honestly, the pacing, the three-act structure, and I think, Justin, you you had talked about this in our last episode when we were talking about the trial of Chicago, uh, the Chicago 7. Um, I, I love it. It's, it's, I mean, it's really about Jobs and his sort of self-inflicted, strained relationship with his daughter, Lisa Brennan Jobs, and... Like the way it was shot was really cool. Like, did you guys know that the it was done in in with different cameras? So the first act was actually shot on sixteen mil, and it was very rough and basic, and you can tell. And then the second act was shot in thirty five millimeter. It was more smooth. Um, and then the third act was shot digitally, and it, it showed. It was so cool because it showed like such a subtle progression of of time visually, and I love how subtle that is because. It's very much like Apple. Like, in my mind, Apple, very much like Geekcentric, is all about the details. Um, so, you know, it was so appreciated to, to kind of see how Danny Boyle and the crew sort of created the film. Um, and even though it might have been a little over-dramatized and fabricated, I freaking adored this movie. Like, five out of five, probably one of my favorite movies of the year, even though it came out in 2015. <laughs> of the year. Yeah. Of, of the yeah. year of it came coming out. Like, <laughs> yeah, <God>. yeah. <laughs> it was it was my favorite movie of that year. Yeah. Yeah. That means anything. Oh, cool. Me yeah. yeah. I go back and forth between Social Network and Jobs as to which one is, is you know, the better of those two movies. And it's, right. you know. Yeah. what ranks closer to 10 out of 10 you know like mm. that's that kind of it's they're both excellent movies but yeah, yeah welcome aboard yeah. welcome aboard yeah no i i I, th- I think um jobs is probably one of the best examples of sorkin's writing abilities to just distill three important moments in jobs's life within within the confines of a, of a three-act structure it, it literally yeah. looked like a it was like a movie play we've, we've all talked about this i think in off conversations but yeah i think he it's so well done and you're right like how Danny Boyle was able to I think integrating the use of 16 mil and 35 and digital was more to speak of of like the time in which they were depicting so I think it was like early 80s it was 1984 if I'm not mistaken uh when Mm -hmm. the first the first part is so they used 16 mil and then 35 mil obviously for I believe which was uh was it the next Mac or was it Nexus? No, it was Next. Yeah, yeah Nexus. it was Next when yeah, he was yeah. at Next. Yeah, so when he was at Next, another big moment for him as he kind of moved himself forward. And then obviously the iPhone uh, experience where it was shot in an in, in actual digital format. I think that's more relative. Speak to the time, like you were saying, Nate. Um, and I just think that stuff like that, like to, to couple that with Sorkin's writing just elevates it. It just it just elevates yeah. it. And then Fassbender's performance of being so obsessive. I think I said it to Nate, like it's it's just it's his strive for perfection. Right. Like yeah. every every everything in those three acts are his strive for perfection. And that is sure. what Jobs legacy is. is. It's is always, you know, obviously the technology, but that underlining strive to reach a perfection yeah. of how that how that experience works is is so yeah. elementary to him but i think but it goes it goes back to his his reality distortion field right and how he interacts with these same people in each act each all three acts he interacts with the same people um but it really goes to show how he 
to your point, was so focused that he just didn't really see everything yes. um, that was going on around him. And of course, where it most affects him is with his daughter. Um, I don't want to take too long on it, but I really want to just quickly say my favorite scene in the movie uh, was when was when Steve asks uh, his daughter Lisa to try out the Macintosh for the first time. And in less than three minutes, she makes art. You know what I mean? Like, it's not very good art, but she goes from never touching a Mac in her whole life. She knows it's a computer, but she's never used something with an interface before. And she goes from that to just him saying, listen, there's no way you can hurt it. It's not going to hurt you. Feel free to explore it. And in three minutes with him just being unattentive to her, she makes art. It's it's just ah, so good. All wrapped up in a Bob Dylan song perfection yeah it was it was a really well done scene my favorite like single moment or line was when they were talking about the uh the newton handheld and you know (laughs) why it didn't work and you know he says you know while mimicking holding a pen you know when you're holding one of these you can't you can't use the other four you've got like just and it was just like boom it's like a mic drop moment and i was just like yeah yeah that was a great that was a great moment no, that was Thank terrific. You. So again, if you've seen Chicago 7, but not that, or if you've seen Steve Jobs, but not Chicago 7, or really any of... any of. Well, I just wanted to say, the one thing that stands out as it being a huge difference between these those two films is obviously the director's approach. Sorkin is very new to directing. I would love to have seen this film directed by someone else other than Sorkin. That's it, yeah. That's it. And I, I think, you know, that's just like the, a difference in, um, you know, our um, appreciation for movies and like mm-hmm. the things we look for most. Whereas mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't care who's, you know, telling the camera where to point. I, I just want to know what the words are that are coming out of people. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I'm so much more about the script than I am, yeah. um, you know, a, an artistic style. Like, I wouldn't, you know, be able to tell a difference between a Sorkin directed or a Danny Boyle directed necessarily. You know what I mean? And that's just the mm-hmm. way I view films and come at them. So it's it's just interesting, sure. you know. Um, yeah. But uh, I think one thing we can all agree on is how great Sasha was. I sort of yes. led off with that, and and I I, I blew my segue, or but that's okay. Well, uh, I'm getting back on the train right now. And speaking of Sasha, uh, what a big couple of weeks for him. Uh, the long-awaited, highly anticipated 14-year sequel to Borat was just released on. Friday, I believe. Yeah, they're on nice. Amazon Prime, and uh, you know what? It was it was nice, but maybe not very nice. It was it was good, but maybe not very good. You know, uh, just you know, coming right out the gate, I thought it yeah. was okay. It just felt more scripted, and you know, looking into it, they say a lot. The moments really aren't; they're pretty genuine. The people, you know, are are you know, it's all just sort of spontaneous. It just felt like more of just a scripted movie with moments of reality versus Borat. So. Yeah, no, I, I would I would I would say that what I think I'm able to decipher from the scenes is that like, you know, the scene where she's where she's in this this clinic with, with uh Borat and they're asking about getting his the daughter. Baby out. Yeah. I think that was a real conversation though that was in that clinic. Like I think like there has to be a way that they've set it up where they've at least asked these people or told them that like this is happening and because that guy seemed genuinely like concerned about what was happening the conversation he was in right and maybe like you know and also uh, even the guy with the cell phone thing right like i don't know how much of that was authentic or real like he goes off and he starts watching you know a porn on on the phone and yeah (laughs) i think 
I think like they need people to sign waivers and things like that, right? So I think what they do is they go to them and they say, hey, listen, we're, we're filming a documentary um, about a, a man, a journalist who's actually come from Kazakhstan to the United States. Um, we were wondering if we could maybe have you in our documentary. This is how much we'll pay you, this sort of thing. So I, I could totally see them, um, the situations being real. It's funny. I think this movie is actually pretty... Um, divisive. I've heard a lot of people that loved it more than the first one, and I've heard a lot of people that don't love it as much as the first one. Um, I was very much along with you, Kevin, where I, I did think it was okay, but I, I actually liked the story elements a lot more, and I liked, I actually, I liked it about, I liked it. Sorry, what am I trying to say? I liked the fact that they included those story elements in this one where that was really lacking in the first one for me. It just kind of the first one being a dumb story about him trying to meet Pamela Anderson or something. So. Like, I love the father-daughter relationship. You know me. I'm very schmaltzy. I actually really I really enjoyed how it ended. I thought it was really cute and endearing. But it was cute and endearing, surrounded by the most disgusting, horrific things that are happening in our real life. And it was just... It, it's just a message. The whole movie's a message to get out and vote. I really do think... Because even at the end of the movie, and this isn't a spoiler, but I believe it doesn't it actually literally just say, like, vote <laughs> at one point? Go yeah. vote, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so I, I do think this was very much used for that specific reasoning. Um, but yeah, I, 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 uh, I enjoyed it. Am I going to like, do I want to watch it again? Not really. Yeah. I'll probably never see it again. That's a good way. That's a good way to have evaluated almost in that sense. Yeah. I mean, I get the stories and I think from what I've seen, he's, he kind of had to shape the structure of the third act of the, even like the, the basically half the movie around, you know, the fact that the pandemic broke out as he was, filming this movie you know what i mean and so i think the way he utilizes that to sort of help shape a story and then also the the story more of the the you know the relationship between him and the daughter it's fine it's just not what i'm looking for in a borat movie you know i would have been almost happier with just more of the same but i think it you know just because i don't know i think the first one is probably one of the funniest movies of the last 20 years um interesting i I rewatched it leading up to this I mean, again, it 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 maybe hasn't aged as well, and and you know, I think I I mean, I think it's a little bit more timeless than this one. Like this one in two years is not even going to be really relevant. You know what I mean? Sure. I don't think I like. I thought it was fine, but it was you know uh, far from expectations based on the first one, and I didn't know what to expect because it's literally impossible for him to do what he did in that first one with everybody in the world knowing who he is, you know? If you want to just focus on the fact that it did have a pretty powerful, very relevant message, it came out at, like, literally a great time to sort of not just resonate, but maybe send a message to people to uh, get up and and be active and, and, you know, take part in society in, in one of the most important ways you can. And so if that's all that comes out of it, I'd say kudos, you know, on Sasha for being part of two extremely relevant projects in the last two weeks. Um, uh, But yeah, I think on that note, we will jump into the news. It's all about the details. Alrighty, let's zip right to the news here. Our lone news story for the episode comes from EJ Moreno of flickeringmyth.com. Yes, that worldwide phenomenon of a site known as flickering myths i'm not sure who found this one there but that's an interesting source um but given the nature of today's episode i thought this somewhat uh, supernatural casting news seemed fitting 
Uh, okay, according to EJ, Oscar Isaac has finally entered the world of superheroes, joining the long list of A-list actors who get to play in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Deadline broke the story today that Marvel and Disney Plus have signed on the Star Wars sequel trilogy and X-Men Apocalypse, I bet he loves that on his resume, actor to star as Moon Knight in the live-action series. Uh, Jeremy Slater, the man behind Netflix's The Umbrella Academy, uh, Academy rather, will develop the uh, and lead the writing team on Disney Plus, on the Disney Plus show. Marvel and Disney Plus are reportedly still looking for a director. Um, and just basically, really quickly, for those who don't know, because I didn't, Moon Knight is a uh, mysterious character from the comics with a long history dating back to 1975. Mark Spector, a.k.a. Moon Knight, is a former boxer, CIA agent, and mercenary who wow. becomes a conduit for the Egyptian moon god uh, Khonshu. In a story similar to that of Batman, he soon becomes a crime fighter who uses his wealth and gadgets to help those in need. Uh, as of late, though, he's become a consulter who dresses in all white and goes by the name Mr. Knight. Um, so, guys, uh, were you familiar with the Moon Knight character at all uh, no. before this? Yeah, Not I, at all. I, I've, I've seen him show up in Sp a Spider-Man comic when I was a kid. I didn't know too much about him at the time. And I think there was a crossover in a Daredevil comic, maybe Punisher. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, my, I my definitely cousins, heard of, of heard the name, but yeah. I, I I don't. Um, but Darcy, so Darcy based could on those, educate us. <laughs> yeah, he he probably knows a little bit more about Moon Knight than we would. But uh, based on those two very different descriptions, one is the sort of you know Egyptian moon god Batman, or a consultant who dresses in white and goes by Mister Knight. Which would you? Which direction do you hope uh, Disney Plus takes the character? I think the first one, like I think the I think would be interesting is, you know, there's already a very relevant presence of like CIA and agency sort of mentality within the MCU. So he could have come from yeah. Shield, right? Uh, right. Being a boxer, he could have had some sort of association also with Matt Murdock's father, or at least you know some association there. Um, okay. So you know, there's already a of quite a bit of a layer to his character, and 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 his supernatural would would just would just present itself as being something outside of the traditional of what we know uh, of, of the MCU. You know, Thor very much so being the most mystical, and of of the heroes in terms of like you know his 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 history and, and background. Moon Knight kind of you know, has a little bit of that as well because it's very spiritual by the sounds of it. And it's a it's an embodiment of, of the power. Right. Right? Rather than being a god like Thor, he's but he, he's sort of yeah, he's like, uh, like he's almost like the Shazam exactly. version of this. So Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um what kind of tone would you look for in a show like this? It has to it ha it would have to be gritty. Pretty you know, it has to it has to definitely take itself seriously. Um, in that, you know, it, it can, it, it can have some comedic tones and, and nuances to it, but I think leaning more even towards like, you know, season one of Daredevil, right. That has a little bit more grit yeah. and, and, you know, a little more grunge to it, you know, knuckle. Right? I'm, I'm just hoping we get more of a, a Poe feel to a character rather than an apocalypse feel to a sure, character. Sure, right, you know? yeah, right. He, and uh, you know what? Was an apocalypse Egypt Egyptian as well? Yes, he was. Uh, I, yes, he wasn't. Yes, okay, yeah. so like he wasn't even the worst part of that movie. The worst yeah. part of that movie is how they utilized that character. 
right? Like yes. they just right. didn't, yeah. they he didn't, didn't do have much job. to work with to make it cool. He of was, course, yeah. yeah. And like he, his character at the beginning seems really, really cool, but where they go with it, it just ends up becoming an, another Avengers, you know, end battle sequence, right? Like, oh, the world's coming yeah. to an end, right? So, you know, he gave it his all. And, and that's the thing with, with Oscar Isaac is, is he gives his all in, into these characters that he, he takes on, right? So it's, it's, you know, exciting to see when Dune finally comes out, what he's, what he's going to be like in that. Um, yeah, yeah. I want, sure. I want, I want Batman. I want Marvel Batman. Like ultimately, right? Like I'm reading, I'm reading here like some of the similarities. Like the fact that he has he has moon moonerangs instead nice. of batter batarangs. Nice. Um, and just like the whole aspect of of you know we you know spoilers for the MCU if you're not caught up, but we've kind of already lost you know sort of that rich sort of philanthropist character, right? From Tony Stark. So to get it to get it back with somebody like this, I hope he's but I, I, I kinda hope to your point where you're looking for a Poe Dameron, I hope he's a jerk. I hope he's a, an awful like awful person and he Jaded. becomes Don't we likeable. already kind of have that with Do- Doctor Strange? Uh, he's, like, but he's kind of he's kind of come from the other side. Like after watching that movie, I, I one thing I didn't mention in Watcha was that I I had actually now finished the twenty two movies in chronological order. So right <laughs> there you go. Congrats, congrats. <laughs> so, but the one thing that was interesting watching Doctor Strange because you guys know how much I dislike that movie is that at the yeah. end he's he's quite the opposite of what he was when he started. He has more yes, he humility. He has more concern. He knows that he's 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 destined to have a to serve a better a bigger purpose i I do agree with you though i think i think it would be nice to have someone that um is a little bit of a you know is cocky as a dick Uh, yeah maybe he's a little more resistant to to you know being involved with anything to do with the avengers um like i just feel like it it would be cool for a character like moon knight if he's kind of like a bullet if he's kind of just like a, a blur almost uh to the audience in the sense that like so many people don't really know what Moon Knight is. I think it's cool. Stre- like, play with that. Stretch that out a little bit. Give that mystery of, like, who the heck are we even watching here? By the end of season one, we still don't fully understand who this guy is. Um, and I think that would be really, really fun to kind of see. Um, but that's what I would want. And, yeah, and it's and it's the first, like, um, like almost origin-type story that uh, Disney Plus is doing, right? Like, the other Marvel shows we're getting are all very well established characters in the MCU whereas this is their first crack at that sort of there's origin t- show. Well there's two more that are coming so She-Hulk and right. Miss Marvel. Right. Okay. right okay perfect so yeah. but so they'll be in that sort of this will be in that line of storytelling and yeah. so it's, I, always, I, I, it's I don't... always neat to see how they're going to you know give you know you get 10 hours of an origin story versus two <laughs> right right, right, you know, right from a traditional movie standpoint right. so it definitely does lend itself to sort of stretching that out like nate said i kind of like that idea of of keeping the mystery alive for a long time it's like daredevil man like honestly the first season of daredevil was solid that's like it was really really that's probably one of the best realizations of marvel tv right so and i think there's this constant sort of you know because they've already done it they've layered in this this connective tissue the mcu that is has has layered this in that there's this you know assumption that there's going to be all of these characters in some sort of end movie sort of thing and and I'm wondering like does it make sense now if you do it again because it made sense for Endgame and Infinity War based on the threat so what's going to be the threat that's going to inevitably bring in characters like Moon Knight and 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 Miss Marvel and She-Hulk and 
you know, who else? Shang-Chi, you know what I mean? Like all of these characters that they're going to hopefully introduce between now and, and the next epic piece. Right. So it'll be yeah, interesting. The immortals, to see. I think the immortals is meant to sort of get us started on the, the next big bad. I hope so. Um, I think that I think that's the intention of that one is that we're going to get yeah. sort of more in line with their. Um, I keep forgetting story. about that movie. Well, because it's been I, postponed. Every, keep, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, well, you know, and it was announced, and you got like really detailed, like not production stills, but you know, all the characters in their yeah, outfits and stuff. John Snow's going to be in it, and then it's dipped off without a trailer. I think that yeah. maybe even heard it. A teaser would have been nice, but I don't know if yeah. they had even had a chance to really film yet. Well, they they have you know, they've, so. they've they've I think they've they've almost wrapped, but I think the reality is is that I don't. So they could have put a teaser together by now. Like, look at how smart that was for you know the Batman, right? right. To just put out something just to keep you going. Oh, I can't wait for another year. You yeah, know? I, I, I wonder though. You might be right. The ball though. on this one. You might be right. They might. They might be. I'm I'm certain that they had already wrapped though, because that was supposed to come out November of this year, right? So, so then it would have had to have been mostly filmed. Right. to go into post-production over the summer. So, so absolutely. So I'm wondering what was the holdup with like at least a trailer or, or a first mm-hmm. look at like what's going on. So they're the geniuses at Disney, so <laughs> they must know what they're doing. Um, but you know what? That almost feels like a good cue to move on to our next segment. It's trailer time. Alrighty. First up on trailer time, uh, we recently got the trailer for the first Disney animation film to be produced without John Lasseter since 2005's Chicken Little, slated for a March 12th release, it's Raya and the Last Dragon. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, we'll we'll have to see about that Mar- March 12th release and if that's going to be <laughs> theaters or Disney Plus. No, honestly, I mean... Oh, true, it's, yeah. It's yeah. so soon that, who knows, it might be a Disney Plus release, you know. Yeah. I wonder if they thought the uh, Mulan experiment went well enough. But uh, anyways, why don't we jump into talking about the trailer itself. i got to say, the first thing that stood out for me was uh, the music. I thought it was really, really cool music. Yes. For that yeah. Indiana Jones-esque scene to sort of open things up. Well, that's that's and, kind and, of... That's what I got from it right off the bat, is it feels very, like, typical... Not typical, sorry, but not to make it sound bad, but like that very traditional adventure story. Um, sure, and and obviously with it with a female uh, character this time around, um, and also just but yeah, she's definitely got a quest in front of yeah, her, and yeah. you know she's gonna have her lovable animal sidekick, and yeah, yeah, it just it 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 didn't look it looks very new, right. but it's yeah. that traditional Disney sort of yeah, story. It, you know, it, it for looks sure. like it looks like Moana in ancient China, right? right. And yes. I, yes, but I, but exactly. I, I will say, like, and just from the little that I've seen from this trailer, and but what I what I know that Disney Studios has kind of done um, for I mean, bringing up Moana specifically for for you know talking about Polynesian culture. I think I'm going to make a prediction and say that Raya and the Last Dragon is going to do a much better job at culturally representing China and ancient China than Mulan uh, 100%, did. 100%. 100%. Right? And, and I'm, I'm really excited to see that. I'm excited to hear Kelly Marie Tran uh, as, the, as Raya, um, as our main character. Uh, and I think it's, it's awesome that they're, you know, so far, at least from what I've seen of the casting, it's you got Kelly Marie Tran and then Aquafina. Um, you know, they're so far going with an all, all uh, Chinese cast. So, like, I think that's super cool. Um, and I hope that they, 
I hope that that prediction comes true. But yeah, I'm so stoked for it. I'm stoked to buy little plushies of that little rolly thing, whatever whatever the heck that tuck, was. Tuck Tuck. tuck, tuck. What a name. Oh, Perfect man. name. Yeah. It's so cute. That's and, your and, Halloween and, costume, yeah. man, next year, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just put a you shell go down. On. You'd look like yeah. Ross, that episode of Ross yeah. when he dresses like yeah. in the, as a. As a what I'm was it? The, the Hanukkah armadillo. Holiday armadillo. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I'm I am so stoked for this movie, and uh, and I I well, while I was watching the trailer, I had, I had forgotten it was Disney animation. I thought it was Pixar, and now it's I think it's we're getting to the point where these movies are getting so good from Disney animation that it, they might as well be. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think though you you, you they're they are trying to carve a hard not a hard line, but at least a line between what is a Pixar film and what is a Disney film, right? Like sure. the Disney films have the princess-esque and, and strong sort of like adventure quality, which you guess can connect back to elements that are Pixar, but there's always like a very heartfelt sort of connectivity. There's there's this, there's this desire to really kind of hit more human emotion in in some of the Pixar films, whereas I think yeah, there's, I guess, yeah. there's a sense of like, like character growth and, and you know, because uh, like I don't know, could you really compare Moana to Toy Story or Frozen to right or Up? Yeah, yeah no, right? I hear you. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you know what I mean. Like the 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 range is a little bit different. So, um, but I, I think that yeah, to your point though, the animation is getting so clean. I, I wish we could have seen a little bit more. I think they just only really kind of introduced us to the character. Uh, they didn't give it's us a enough. teaser, right? It's a teaser trailer, sure, though, right? But like it, it was, it, yeah. it, it, I, I, in terms of like it looks good. Uh, I'm interested. I, I do want to see more. So I guess it worked. Yeah. See, I'm, I'm set. That's, I'm it. I'm done. That's all I need to know. I want to see that. I don't need. I don't want to know what the story is. I don't want to be able to try and piece together how her adventure sort of is all going. Like that's my least favorite part about trailers these days is that they give you too much. But yeah, I think this trailer is giving us um a it's taste. giving us a glimpse, a taste of the of young uh Raya um and like kind of her at the beginning of the movie. I think we are seeing really literally the beginning of the movie. Um and then I think we're getting obviously it cuts to showing her when she's a lot older and I think that's going to be where the main focus of the story is. Yes, but, absolutely. I agree. Um I'm 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 super stoked. I got I also got Mad Avatar, The Last Airbender vibes from it. Mm. Um and uh and I'm just so excited. It just looks so good. Oh, I'm I, honestly, it's I'm really. It's probably my most looked forward to at least animated movie of of next year. Yeah, I would I would definitely have to to go there. And and uh, as Justin, you mentioned earlier, we're definitely be it Pixar or Disney Animation, we're gonna get a lot of of heart. I think from it and and a and a sweet story. Um, now another animated uh, trailer that we're gonna jump into will not have the same kind of heart and emotion i don't think um, well who knows who knows um, this is a uh, a revival or a reboot of a show i absolutely loved as a kid uh there's zany to the max there's baloney in their slacks <laughs> they're animani totally insaney of course we're talking about the animaniacs um <laughs> Yeah, uh, Annie. That's how they kept pronouncing it in the trailer. I thought yeah, it was so yeah. weird. Yeah, Annie Maniacs. I thought it was the Animaniacs, but what right. do I know? Yeah. Uh, but you know, I think when it hit me the hardest was uh, you hear Maurice Lamarche doing Brain, and I was just like, yeah, because Brain was always my favorite character right. on the show, and so when yeah. I finally got to hear him, you know, try to take oh, and that was just like, yep, I'm so I'm in well there. Done. 
Yeah, all the original there. voice, right? Like yeah, Rob Paulson, all yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Jess Harnell, yeah, they're all yeah. there. Yeah, and that's wow. what's nice about it is that they they brought back the original voice cast. Uh, it's kind of going in the same sort of vein as uh, as the as Borat in that it's it's just it's a it's a timely sort of resurgence of this. Uh, I sure, think, yeah. You know, Animaniacs, even as uh, as young as when I watched it. I didn't get the satirical qualities that are now oh, very yeah. apparent. So um, much went over our head yeah, as kids. Absolutely, I'm sure. yeah, oh, and yeah. like and, and like very like political or you know gender related sort of things, you know, or uh, just just odd sort of stuff that they were obviously you know commenting on, and and so so for Hulu to say you know what let's let's get behind doing a thirteen episode thing, it could be you know pretty interesting and it looks like there's a wide range of animated styles like i love that little quick yeah. scene of them in uh sort of anime style like an anime like, style looks so yeah. cool so, so yeah cool. i'm interested to see it's it's hulu unfortunately we don't we don't we don't that have is that. that was the most disappointing news is yeah. from hulu anytime i see that i'm like oh they boy, might cross they might cross it that. over to like itunes though for like purchasing I, yeah downloads. i hope it's on itunes so, yeah so who knows but um yeah I, I guess we'll just wait to see if we can get it in in Canada, but yeah, like that little shot of that big Trump thing, whatever it was, like what? yeah, Donald Trump is in the show, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. and that's the thing, like they're like to your point, like we're talking about Borat, like is this just another version, like uh, another sort of thing to just sort of bring up these political situations that are going on in the world, and are they going to talk about it again? Like, Steven Spielberg is is behind this, right? Yeah, so he was behind you know, how much, it. right? But how much does how much does he and the and the people that are writing this, how much do they? Obviously, they're updating things, but how much? Like again, it's still for kids, right? Uh, I would imagine so, but I think it's it's also to be tailored so that if if I had a kid, right, I could watch it with my kid, and you would both get exactly. different jokes out of it. Exactly, right? okay. it's, okay. it's, okay. like, it's like smack watching a Pixar each other movie. with mallets, yeah, and, exactly, and, yeah. you know, loud noises and bright colors and yeah, stuff. Yeah. But then yeah, but the, look, the commentary they're making within yeah. their gags is yeah. is more for the adults yeah. to sort of get. Should be fun. Hopefully, like you said, we can find it and. I think we touched on it at the beginning of our of our overview of the trailer itself here, but bringing back all of the original cast is definitely uh, an exciting element of it. Um, but for our topic of the show, we will not be bringing back the original cast of the movie that we are going to totally recast. All right, so in the spirit of Halloween, today we recast a beloved 90s family film with laughs, some scares, and lots of heart. Released in 1995, Casper told the story of an afterlife therapist and his daughter who meet a friendly young ghost when they move into a crumbling mansion in order to rid the premises of wicked spirits. The film starred uh, Malaki Pearson and Devin Sawa as the friendly ghost, Joe Napoti. Joe Alaskev and Brad Garrett as his nefarious uncles. We had Bill Pullman and Christina Ricci who move into the haunted house. And then Kathy Moriarty and Eric Idle as the ne'er-do-wells hell-bent on finding a mysterious treasure hidden somewhere in the haunted house. And so today, gents, we're going to recast the movie. Uh, We'll uh, maybe start with a bit of a premise so we know if you've changed up the story a little 
Um, and then we'll get into the cast, if you have a director chosen. Uh, but Jayla, why don't we start with you? Okay. All right. I get to, I get to go. So, yeah, I switched it up a bit. I switched it up a bit, but I, I did lean pretty heavy on the original story. Because actually, there's there's a lot that's really good that makes it kind of contemporary for now. It just needs a little bit of wiggling and some adapt, adapting. Um, so okay. I, I guess I can give you a little bit of a, a... It's very vague. I think there's a lot that obviously still needs to be figured out here. Um, but the House of Whipstaff Manor is passed down to Gabriel. Her last known relative passed away, and the house has been left to her. And so she decides to move her and her daughter, Wendy, to the house to assort their affairs. Upon arriving at the house, Wendy, the keen daughter, senses that there is something more to the house. Uh, upon her ex- exploration of this vast mansion, she discovers Casper and his mean uncles and is taken on a whirlwind adventure where she discovers more and more about herself and the connectivity with the afterlife. That's an elevator pitch for you. Okay. So the premise is instead of obviously a dad and daughter, I've done a mom and daughter. Um, So uh, maybe I'll start with the mom. I actually chose Rashida Jones as the mom. Yeah. Um, Smart. I, I thought she would be. I, I didn't want to go to skew too old. Like originally, I had Julia Louise Dreyfus, but like I thought that might be too old based on the character that I'm going to choose for Wendy. Uh, Wendy would be my girl, Millie Bobby Brown. Of I chose course. her, nice. right? Yeah, of nice. course, right? That, so I, I, I had that uh, on my short list as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah same. For sure. I, yeah, I had yeah, uh, yeah. Millie as well. Yeah, yeah. So I had I had those two. Uh, they're the mother daughter. The idea with that relationship, though, is that, you know, uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with too much of the, the comics of, of, of uh, Casper, because I did a little digging. Um, but Wendy is actually Wendy the Witch uh, is, is a character. She's the good witch. Um, so this would be kind of this element that would be hinted within this movie is that she has a little bit something else to her that makes her so special and why she's able to really connect with the afterlife. So Millie Bobby Brown, I thought would have the ability to kind of be uh, innocent while also being very uh, spunky and adventurous to really kind of explore and, and learn more. There would be this potential to create like a series out of this this whole franchise because I think it's not, not just a one <laughs> and done where you could go with it. But in this one specifically, series, yeah. it would be more focusing on about just the the afterlife and seeing this afterlife. Um, so, you know, I mentioned the uncles. There would obviously be Stretch, who I chose as the voice, Sasha Baron Cohen. I did choose him as Stretch. Nice. nice. I, yeah. I, I avoided I avoided using him just because. I just, I, I couldn't, like, I, so I know no, it's, 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 it's entirely It just means because. we're going to be, have different lists. It's yeah. good. Yeah. But yeah, uh, no, I could see him, I could see him being uh, yeah. Stretch, kind of the leader of the. Yes, absolutely. Guys. And, you know, you know, he could have a great voice. And, uh, yeah. And he could definitely put on a character very similar to the, the, the Stretch that was, that was featured in, in the original 1995 movie. Um, now, the, the Stinky and Fatso, these two characters that I casted are really interchangeable. They could be either or. I said you could go uh, Seth Rogen for Stinky and <laughs> okay. uh, Josh Gad for Fatso. Nice. Right, but either of go. them could be the other way around. It's yeah. just a matter of really if they that, want to. But that would be a really fun trio of uh, of characters for right. sure. Absolutely, yeah. and I think they, you know, they the the idea is that 
in this story, we we learn more about the the world that Casper's in. And and Casper, I chose uh, Asher Angel because I, I personally like I, I know in the original movie, you know, spoiler alert if you haven't seen the 1995 movie, but uh, at the end, you see uh, Devin. How do you say his last name? Devin Sawa, I believe. Yeah, yeah Devin Sawa. You see, Devin most, Sawa. most notably of Final Destination. Yes, fame. right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you see Devin Sawa, and and they, you know, he is Casper. Um, I don't know if I would ever do that in this film. I think it would be kind of like maybe you would see his past, and maybe that's something that's part of the narrative is that, you know, um, Wendy is learning about where Casper comes from because I like the idea that he doesn't remember what happened to him and if who these who these these uncles are but they say they're his uncles right like he just he's trying to find a little bit more clarity around that um right. but yeah that's so you're, that's you're skewing a bit older for I'd say a bit older for the Casper character than yes the, the, you know the kid ghost but that's yes. yeah. you know he's still a young 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 ghost yeah so I pitched them both then, at like 15 it, 16 they're both 15 now, 16 yeah, and now because I've I have a, I've made a point of it in my sort of plotting, um, you um, because there's a bit of an age difference between the two and mine. Your your I guess two young leads, Casper and Wendy, are very similar age. Now is that intentional to hint at a potential romance or something like that? Yeah, I, I think that like I think that it, it just makes it a little bit like the other thing too is I was I, the other option I had because I was I was chatting with my wife about it, and um, you know the other person that she mentioned that would have been good and I really liked it was uh, the character from uh, the actor from Young uh, Young Sheldon. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. Sure. He'd yeah. be very cute in that role, sure. But absolutely. he's twelve, right? And I, I kind of want, I want, I'm, I'm more concerned about the, the complementary character to Casper being right. a little bit more in the teen rather than the kid, because I think Christina Ricci, you know, she was actually older than obviously her character that she was portraying. But like, you can only, you can only do so much with that with the campy sure. writing of that movie. But yeah, For sure. okay. yes, exactly, yeah. exactly. That's what I mean, exactly. right? That's Good what point. I mean, right? So um, um, okay, but so we've got the ghosts, we've got the family that moves in. Uh, do we have any? other uh, characters uh there is one character so i I did hint at the fact that there would be a series right and this was someone that i was thinking because like there's obviously a protagonist or an antagonist in in the casper movie so i was thinking okay well there should be some sort of uh, antagonist and then i was thinking you know what maybe it's not in this one and if you kind of lead in this idea that wendy's a witch and she has these witch capabilities she's a you know uh, witch capabilities maybe in the second one you introduce uh Desmond Spellman, who is from an actual Casper straight to TV uh, movie <laughs> where he was a warlock villain who who hated Wendy because she was such a good witch. Right. And just wanted to, uh, you know, just just get rid of her. Right. Um, and I, I don't know why, but I saw something with uh, Dev Patel in it uh, recently. I think it's a trailer for a movie. It's an old, it's it's a period piece. David Copperfield. Oh, I'm not sure, actually. Okay. Very interesting. But Dev, Dev Patel, I don't know. I, I saw it, and I was like, you know what? I could I could see him being like... It would be interesting to see him be like a villainy sort of warlock wizard. But, you know, I think everything, though, with the caveat of, of like, everything I've just described, the director is, is key. And uh, I chose um, David Laurie, who has done um, Pete's Dragon, he did. Um, he d- he's doing. He he, he did uh, Green Knight, 
which uh, oh yeah, <laughs> which the hasn't come out yeah, yet. We've, yeah, we've actually we actually talked about him on a recent uh, episode, I think, a few weeks back when we were talking about some things. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I think uh, yeah, those are two very different uh, movies tonally. Certainly. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. And I, but I think though, with with the with with Pete's Dragon in mind, what he did with that uh, with that story and how he made it very feel very real and compelling. Um, and even though it's for the subject on, matter, for sure, for sure, yeah. right? Like for the subject matter, yeah. that is what you would need for Casper to really be something that could, like, you know, stretch into maybe another film or something that could just kind of be a little bit more. Because the, the right. failed attempt, like they they did so well with this movie with the 1995 movie, but the failed attempt of not being able to produce a sequel and that it, it, you know they couldn't get the actors, no one really wanted to do it. It was like, eh, whatever. It was it, they must have had an awful experience filming it, and they just didn't like it, right? So they were just like, no, we we don't want to do it. So obviously it it fell and, and it just got you know absorbed into those you know straight to video movies, right? So didn't really have the thing because I like watching that movie. I was like, man, this movie is good. It's entertaining, right? Like it's campy. It's definitely campy, but it's like it's 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 fun, right? Like it's it's it, it had the nostalgia piece that I always like. It felt like a movie made in the mid nineties. Oh, hundred percent. It's yeah, just yeah. pure mid nineties family friendly. And it's sort produced of by movie, Steven Spielberg. Right? It's produced by yeah. Steven Spielberg. Amblin Amblin produced it, so it's like it go. has that it has that sort of seal of approval. So yeah, uh, yeah so coming back to like the director choice, I think he would bring some some heart and uh, and uh, you know value to it. And he, I think he nice. could also figure out the visual way that you could make Casper look like Casper, but not look like campy, right? Like like, like a typical that. cartoon. So that is my total recast for Casper. I like it. I like it. You, nice. you stayed true to the original, but gave it your own spin. That's I know good. for I like once, that. right? I followed the rules, right? Like <laughs> no pals, <laughs> no sure, pals. Yeah, sure. I was expecting, yeah, a Norwegian Casper, and I had my IMDb ready to search like all the no-name actors you were going to name, but no, that was great. Well, it's it's certainly going to be uh, tough to follow up, but uh, maybe I'll jump in next and do my best, and we'll save uh, right. Nate, Nate, Nate. Nate's confident he's got the best, so maybe we'll save him for last. Just I think because. Mine's, mine's well, okay. I'm listen. It's it might not be the best, but it's definitely the most different. I think there we okay. Well yeah. then, well then we'll definitely save that because I uh, I'm going to stick a lot to the main story. Um, mm. Similar idea of you know these uh, these uh, dastardly people who inherit a house want to just tear it down until they discover that there's a secret. But they can't look into it because the house is haunted and they need to call somebody to, uh, you know, rid the house of the ghosts. In comes your, uh, you know, doctor character, the uh, afterlife therapist, and his reluctant daughter has to move to a new town. She's not happy about it. You know, um, they both lost somebody very important to them. Um, His wife, her mother, years ago, and it's been his lifelong quest to figure out how to bring her back. You know, I'm sticking very much to this story in that sense. Uh, I think the main difference would be that the relationship between the young girl, Cat and the younger ghost, Casper, uh, would not be uh, a romantic one in nature. It would almost be more, you know, they're helping each other as almost like a brother-sister sort of thing. It's very much okay. established that it's not a romantic thing. It's a, it's a 
bonding thing through friendship Love and family, I think. Yeah, I like um, that. Just to sort of avoid that. And that way I was a little bit more open who I could cast as well and not have to worry about ages and everything. But yeah. And I always just thought that was kind of the cheesiest part was the dance at the end. And, she, you know, maybe yeah, Casper, is, yeah. as the younger brother, helps her actually get the boy that she falls in love with and likes, you know, rather yeah. than he dumps her and then they end up sort of as this weird. But yeah. yeah. Uh, and I don't know if I do go quite to the point where we're bringing ghosts back from, you know, the dead. Maybe there's an instance where Dr. Harvey does finally get to say goodbye to his wife, um, mm. you know, as that's his quest throughout all of this, but it doesn't result in anything permanent for any of the characters. Um, but so we'll just jump right into uh, the main character. Uh, so for Casper, uh, I've got in mind Jacob Tremblay, uh, yeah, best known for was, Room yeah. and Good Boys. Uh, yeah. I just think he could bring that innocence, that you, you know, that sweet innocence that you see in the room, but then also... You know, he could be a bit a bit cheeky, you know yep. what I mean? He's, Absolutely. you know, uh, as uh, fr and from, you know, his role in Good Boys there. So I think, you know, combining those two characters into, you know, a playful but thoughtful ghost uh, kind of works really well. I think he'd yeah. do uh, justice to that role. Uh, so then I'll jump to, uh, I guess I'll save the, 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 the trio of ghosts for a second here. But so we'll go to Kat and her father, Dr. Harvey. Uh, mm -hmm. So for Dr. Harvey, I want him to be... Uh, like very much the Bill Pullman straight man, right? Like just that straight up, just like no nonsense kind of guy almost, right? He's maybe a bit too sad to show too much excitement about anything. But, you know, as he's dealing with these ghosts who are zany and crazy and rude and all these things, he's very much the straight man. Uh, and nobody does that in Hollywood better than Jason Bateman. Um, oh, so he's yeah. my So he's my dad there. Dope. You know, he's That's a good cast. Great yeah. dad. He's yeah. a great dad. Yeah, I think he'd be a really good dad in that role. Uh, and then his daughter, uh, I'm going to butcher this name, uh, would be played by uh, Tomasin McKenzie. Uh, she would be best known for uh, Jojo Rabbit. Um, oh, wow, so, yeah. Yeah, so the the young lady from Jojo Rabbit would be his uh, his daughter. Um, you, know, uh, you know, been quiet and off-putting ever since her... Mother passed when she was younger, you know. Her dad's a kook who believes in ghosts and stuff and, and all this. And I just think she'd... But then as soon as she's sort of discovering this this afterlife and this world is very much real, she I just think she could bring sort of that almost guidance sort of role to Casper that she very much portrayed in Jojo Rabbit. So I just... I thought she'd, I thought she'd really hit that one out of the park. Um, then we'll go for our dastardly trio. Uh, I actually went with a group of SNL actors or alumnists, uh, <laughs> who I thought could bring the group to life. Uh, so as stinky, I've got Pete Davidson. So the real bratty younger of the, the trio, right? Yeah. Um, and he just looks like he stinks in real does life. He, so, does uh, he, wait, does he smell of weed the entire time? Maybe, like, is that, right, are you going to make like a, you got to make maybe, a weed joke. Do you, go, yeah. do you go PG-13 and that's why he's stinky, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, it's less garlic and fish heads and more yeah. bong hits and joint tokes. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> that's kind of a funny idea. He smells like Pap's Blue Ribbon or something. Um, <laughs> and then for Fatso, uh, Bill Hader. Uh, like he's got the ability to get that really deep sort of voice. He's yeah. got a few, a few, he had a few characters in particular, you know, 
Uh, he's got this old, ancient newscaster that he plays, and he can go really <laughs> right. low with his voice there. And yeah. I just love the things he can do with his voice. So I thought he'd be fun for for that role, really channeling the Brad Garrett sort of you know baritone sort of aspect. And Very then cool. for Stretch, um, I went with Fred Armisen. I think he could do that sort of higher-pitched, whiny voice, and I think he could play a real jerk. Apparently he is in real life, so maybe he'd really love to channel that, you know. Who knows? But I just thought it'd be fun to sort of bring in a group of, of actors who would have a relationship in some way based on their uh, resumes. Um, love that. So, yeah, I think they'd be a, a fun trio. And then for my villains, so I'm going to go with a pair of British actors, uh, very much channeling the original two, sort of, uh, you know, you've got the one domineering older lady and then her bumbling sidekick. Um, and so I uh, picked Olivia Coleman, uh, who won the Oscar for playing Queen Anne in The Favorite. Uh, she can play, like, uh, like in that movie, she's really great. She's got great, like, wit and, and um, um, she's got great wit and snap. Like, she can be mean and she can be funny and she can be sort of, you know, I think she'd really uh, bully around her bumbling sidekick who I cast as John Oliver as her sort of buffoon, <laughs> her buffoon sidekick. I think he'd be I a lot of fun that. to watch. You know, just get sort of used, like just abused by this yeah. woman who's making her, him do all of these crappy tasks that's trying fantastic. to solve the puzzle. Uh, yeah, so that's basically uh, what I had for a cast. Um, and then for my director, I went with, I wanted to go with somebody who uh, had done, you know, a family style movie recently and then also worked with the blending of CGI and live action. That's obviously very important for a movie like this. You kind of considered that as well with your um, with your directing choice as well, Just. I went with uh, Jeff Fowler, who recently did Sonic. Uh, mm. You know, so a right. fresh movie yep. that got f- favorable reviews for a video game movie. You know, <laughs> yeah. I mean... You're trying, you're trying. It didn't absolutely tank in terms yeah. of fan appreciation. And so maybe with a bit of a better script. I mean, you know, you can only do so much with what you have to work with and... Maybe if they design the characters right the first time, you can focus more on on getting a good movie out versus, you know, making a stupid looking Sonic. But anyways, uh, yeah. So that is my total recast for 1995's I like cast. I like it. I like it. I like it. I like you. But like you, I like that you stayed true because like that was the thing I was like thinking, oh, how can I how can I modernize it a little bit? Right. Like maybe switch up a couple things, but keep the core sort of. Uh, elements of of the narrative but i like that you stayed true and i like that you incorporated the the brother sister thing like i think that was smart that would that now makes me think i could have chosen that kid from from uh uh young sheldon to to be right yes absolutely right he was also yeah yeah because that's that was the hardest thing about casting those kids is like you have to you know That was the cheesiest part of that movie. It wasn't my favorite part, that's for sure. Um, all right, but so we're gonna go. I think, <clears throat> unlike me, who had, who stayed to the stayed true to the original, we're gonna veer off a little with an original story. I'm Nate. not even gonna speak because it's just gonna be a presentation. I bet it's just gonna well, be like he has thoughts. So in a land where, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone sit down. If we don't it's, start. It's, yeah. it's make the sure universe. you got some popcorn. <laughs> but then you're gonna like tell us that really Casper's Richie Rich. <gasps> 
<laughs> and it's part of the Richie Rich cinematic universe. Yeah, no, exactly. um, yeah, you know, th- th- thus begins my TED talk. Um, I uh, I got a chance to watch Casper uh, yesterday for the first time in such a long time. It's very cute and 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 it's very you know it's it's of its time. How old were and you so when I it think, came out, Nate? I would have been five years old five. when it came out. Yeah, so. Uh, I probably watched it around then and then and then haven't watched it since. So, um, yeah, I thought I actually thought like that Bill Pullman was was uh, really great in it. And I also really enjoyed Christina Ricci a lot in it as well. Um, and yeah, to your point, I thought it was the Casper character was just a little bit wasn't explored as much. And it's so funny that you guys mentioned um, you know, some of the different people you were thinking for Casper. I was even thinking of Roman Griffin Davis, who plays Jojo. In Jojo Rabbit, oh, nice. oh, that's uh, awesome. as Casper, I thought would have been cool, but yeah, yeah he'd, right, he'd be great. Yeah. Um, and he could even you could even literally just get the two of them reenacting their like brother sister slash you know sort of almost romantic relationship from Jojo Rabbit um, with your movie, Kevin. But um, but no, I so I, what I want to do, I'm going to switch it up I, because I I do love you guys to sort of envision. Um, the the characters in my storyline i'm going to save the storyline until after i've given my casting so let's go with the casting um i'm going to start with my casper um which i think is the right place to start with a movie called casper um justin it's funny you mentioned asher angel um or angle or whatever however you pronounce his name from shazam uh because for casper i am casting jack dylan grazer uh who is also from shazam um and i just think he's got such a He's got such a fun sort of. Um, he's got great comedic chops for yes, a kid. Yeah, for a does. kid, right? Yeah. He's he's. I think he's really going to go far, and uh, and you know he's seventeen, so he's he's still at a good enough age that uh, he'll work with with uh, with the cat that I've chosen. But I'm going to save that for just a few moments. Um, I did cast a few extra characters, which I'll go through really quickly. Um, so like Kerrigan Crittenden. Uh, who's kind of the the main antagonist? Um, I cast and Kevin. I don't know if you're going to be okay with it, but I cast Elizabeth Banks um, as Kerrigan just because I feel like she <laughs> she's so she's she can play such a big character. Um, and I really am specifically like thinking of her sort of how she acted in Modern Family specifically. Um, I think would be really cool for for this role. Um, alongside her, uh, Paul Dibbs is going to be played by Stephen Merchant, I think would be really, nice. really fantastic. And nice. he's, again, he's another He'd British... Be fantastic in that right? bumbling... Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. man. Just, oh, yeah, yes, okay, all right, yeah, I can do that, yeah. Um, so I think that would be fantastic for, for a British guy. Um, for uh, Dr. Harvey... Um, I went with, and this is, this is me playing it safe here. This was kind of, I was a little disappointed in myself, uh, but I went with Paul Rudd. Um, I think Paul Rudd oh, yeah. would be <laughs> a great choice. Who's on my short right? list? <laughs> right? He's already my, kind of like, he's old enough to be a dad. My only problem would be with it is that he's already going to be in a movie Ghost with Busters. ghosts as a dad. That would yeah, be my yeah. only issue. Otherwise you, you can never go wrong with Paul Rudd. Right. And, so and I'm like, Hey, choice. Hey, you know what? Do you want to find a way to make that into the same universe? Let's do it. I mean, they did it with the first one, right? They with did. Stance being yeah. in the first one, right? Spoilers yeah, yeah. for the 1995 Casper, but um, <laughs> not much of a spoiler. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just really quickly. Of course, we've got Vic and Vic's girlfriend. <laughs> Because everyone remembers those characters, oh, um, you know they were they were Deep something. <laughs> they were Deep something dive. in the movie. For Vic, I'm going with uh, Chandler Riggs 
from uh, The Walking Dead. Um, I think he he can he has the ability to sort of play like the attractive boy character. And then Vic's girlfriend is Ariel Winter, uh, and she's gonna have blonde hair. And I I thought it would be fun for her to sort of play like sort of like a a mean like bully of a girl because she's you know in Modern Family she's very much like the nerd. So for her to kind of play this sort of more I guess um, I don't know hot bully girl you know, mean girl, uh, I thought would be really, really fun. So sure. those two I threw in there really quick. Let's move on to um, the three ghosts that will be accompanying Casper. For this, I decided to do a little bit different and do a gender swap. And um, for for my three, I'm going to be having uh, them being played by women. Um, almost. Uh, <laughs> let me clarify. For Stretch... Uh, it's going to be played, Stretch is going to be played by Cardi B. Ow. Uh, get Cardi B in there <laughs> to have some fun. Yeah, I told you guys it's going to be different. Cardi B is going to be there. She's going to be having some fun as Stretch uh, and just be just all sorts of crazy. For Stinky, I went with Aquafina, um, who I thought could just have some really quick wit. And just, again, these characters are going to be a little bit different than what we remember them being. And then for Fatso, and this one you might need to look up, you guys, I went with Latrice Royale, who is a large and in-charge queen of drag race. Um, She is from, uh, you know, she's most popular on RuPaul's Drag Race, but she is a drag queen, and she is, her thing is being a big, big woman. Um, So I thought that would be super fun for her to sort of play off that with, that so very cool very cool not bad like right that. it's fun yeah it's different right I, I, want, I would like to know how you explain the here's uh, my yeah, context i'll get to my context yeah, this is, just, yeah, keep i'll going. get to my context just, don't yeah, worry keep, keep going just keep going i just want to know where this train wreck heads <laughs> oh come on <laughs> no i'm digging all right digging. so for for cat um i think probably being one of the most central characters, maybe to some degree, even more than Casper, at least based off how the first movie was written. Um, I chose um, Auli'i Cravalho, uh, who is Moana. Um, and okay. I think I think she could do a really great job, again, sort of playing that sort of teenage, uh, even with a little bit more teenage angst than we're used to seeing her with, but have that wonder and that sort of openness to get to know, um, to get to know Casper and get to know the afterlife. Um, so, let me let me get into it. Oh, and by the way, Ben Stein is going to be the insurance agent again. He's going to be the through point uh, from the original movie. Um, so he's he's my callback. Um, I think he's, so, you can get him to come down alive, from right? his spaceship. I think so. Oh, yeah. yeah, he's a nut though. Oh, is he? He's a he's a nut these oh. days. But yeah, oh. if you can get him to come down from his spaceship on top of that a would pyramid be great. somewhere, yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. But um, so. All right, with, uh, with that cast in your mind, let it percolate, let it percolate. Here we go. <laughs> this movie takes place in the 2000s. And I thought, you know, we're in 2020 by now. The 2000s is a thing we can look back at. I really do think so. Um, and so the movie takes place in the 2000s with the exact same situation happening um, in which, you know, the, the, there's a, an abandoned uh, property that is um, given to this woman who... Uh, discovers there's ghosts. Anyways, the whole film is actually set on an uh, in an abandoned resort on the island of Oahu. So imagine the whole film taking place. It's a much larger scale. There's a ton more ghosts, and all these ghosts were guests at the resort who died from a fatal natural disaster. Um, and there's a mix of there's a mix of guests like 
like, you know, we know our, you know, Cardi B, Latrice Royale, Aquafina, who were there, you know, and they were, they were like, you know, really rich, glamorous and like, but they were, they were guests of this resort, right? Like they had so much money and they're, they're constantly like at like the buffet or they're, you know, they're, they're calling for towel boys and things like that. Um, I just thought that would be kind of fun to sort of incorporate that. No, it's a really cool uh, spin on it. Right. Okay. Yeah. So Dr. James Harvey and his daughter, who, by the way, his daughter is adopted, um, are brought to this rundown resort after being asked to cleanse it of the spirits living among the island. Uh, by Paul Dibbs and his boss, Kerrigan Crittenden. Throughout the film, Kat learns about her heritage while discovering her culture, her Polynesian culture and her roots, uh, and how much the island was affected by the closing, by the opening of the resort and the closing of the resort. So kind of a history of both how it affected the people, the indigenous people of the island, but also how it affected the people that were there maybe a lot more recently um, and the, the people from amongst the village. So this is kind of, again playing into the aspect, playing into the the cultural heritage of um, Auli e Cravalho and kind of taking a, a different spin on the aspect of ghosts and the afterlife. Because we've seen we've seen a lot of um, afterlife, you know, in, in films like Coco, we've seen a lot of like Dios de los Muertos, um, and we've seen a lot of afterlife, you know, from, you know, in the standard, uh, in the standard way of like just ghosts in Maine. Um, so I think this would be a really fun way to kind of change things up um so that is my my plot pitch uh for the film um and and then for um for my director get this and this might be where i really lose you guys uh this is going to be a directorial debut you guys you guys you know he's done he's in every action movie you've ever seen he he can do no wrong everyone <laughs> loves him making his directorial debut Dwayne the buddy. Rock Johnson <laughs> is gonna be directing uh, this amazing movie produced by John Favreau and it's it's gonna be absolutely incredible releasing October 2022 and the movie is called Friendly Ghost <laughs> nice nice <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say man the cast was like just mind-boggling just because of how out there it was yeah you kind of right. sold me on the way you changed the story though you, 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 okay cool yeah like i you absolutely i think the change of scenery the different perspective on afterlife and and how it can you know not just affect different cultures but how i think you're going to look at how some you know certain cultures can be affected by different transgressions of say the western world or anything like yeah. that. i just think there's there's a lot to uh, sort of digest there, and it would definitely take it in a in a completely different direction, right? And Jack so. Dylan Grazer was he was a kid who was there with his parents when the disaster occurred, right? right. He's just sort of trapped there, um, and and they they all can't really move on, um, just based off of again like until they've fully understood like really what what was important about the island in the first place and i think that's kind of the through line for for cat to kind of go in and, and really discover that with her mom by the way amelia played by grace park who i'm going to introduce a lot earlier in the movie um as a ghost i think would be really really fun um and yeah really neat stuff justin what do you think are you gonna it was, watch it it was interesting <laughs> Is it is it like a pals? Like, did I it go is. the pals route yeah, here, you I guys? Know, I know how you guys felt. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I thought. Yeah, one, I know. This no, one this is very different. This, this is very this different. This one situation. resonated with me. Yeah, I, I think there's if, elements that I really like. Like, I like that you changed the gender of of the three. Um, yeah. You know, I think that that's really really good. Even if it was just like 
it was just a little bit more mixed. And then you could also throw in, if you wanted to, uh, you know, r- racial differences between them, right? Rather than yeah. just like accents that kind of insinuate that. So yeah. Um, so I like I like that you 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 switch that up. Um, again, I'm all for it being different. So I think that, you know, at least trying to find a new way to tell a story about afterlife, that's not necessarily so carbon copy from what Casper did originally. Um, yeah. but yeah, like, I think that's, uh, it's, uh, it's a good direction. It's, it's good. Yeah, no, I could really feel <laughs> that like taking them from just being like these amorphous white poofs that are just be- the good one, the one that smells, the one that has, you know, the yeah. one that's really stretchy and you like all these ghosts would have different just very personal characteristics that yeah. you could yeah. very Humanize. in very fun ways visual like visually yeah. demonstrate and stuff yeah. like just you had me when <laughs> the three ghosts are sitting on on deck chairs by the pool yes, still waiting right? for service and there probably <laughs> yeah. is some bumbling ghost bellhop who just yeah caters to their every whim you know like exactly. just, I think, yeah i think you could get a lot of fun gags and stuff out of out of that yeah, and, yeah. my original thought for the three of them was also to go an snl route right like with like um like uh, but who, we got like, that in ghostbusters already literally right yeah you know like i was gonna yeah. do like but i was thinking like maya randolph and like um kate mckinnon and things like that right but like no i i i do i think i'm i'm i was nervous about it but i'm, I'm gonna double down i think cardi b latrice royale and aquafina would be a phenomenal new take on on those characters i think those are the best that's the best part of that whole like of the whole yeah. thing in all honesty right like cool all the other stuff I think is, you know, like you, there's, there's, there's really good stuff. I think it just needs to be like really fl- flushed out. Right. So I don't um, know. I'd sit down, I'd sit down and write that one with you. That one sounds fun. Cool. No, that is cool. And I, I, you know, I think all, we all had different enough casts and different enough views that, uh, that was a lot of fun. Um, Excellent. but, uh, well, so I guess there you have it, folks. What did you think of our total recast of Casper? Did you have a favorite new lineup? Uh, And who would you cast if you had the chance? As always, we would love to hear from you. And if you have any suggestions for future episodes of Total Recast, uh, including perhaps for our Christmas episode that we'll do later this year, please, please, please let us know. Guys, where can they reach us? They can reach us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, gentlemen. That was a lot of fun. Uh, I had a blast. Um, um, Please, please, please be sure to join us in uh, the upcoming weeks as we do our weekly uh, reviews of season two of Disney Plus's The Mandalorian. Because this is the way, folks. This is the way. This is the way. Um, yeah, it literally, is this is the way. It's, yeah. it's, it's a, it's, but it's been a long. It's been a long time since I've heard that joke that got beaten to death back in what March. So <laughs> yeah, I thought yeah. I'd throw it out. there. Oh no, it's coming uh, back, it's man! Great. All the memes right now are crazy. Yeah, it's online. just starting Everything to flood like, back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it was almost nice to get a few months off, but right. here they come. All right, folks. Well, if you enjoyed the episode and haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to us wherever you like to listen to listen to podcasts. Uh, and be sure to throw some stars our way, or we will haunt your bloody nightmares. Uh, we are Geekcentric, and you can be too, which means you can check us out on YouTube at youtube.com slash geekcentric. I do have a special Halloween-inspired episode of Kev at Home coming up shortly after All, 
All Hallows Eve. You can also follow us on Twitter at GeekcentricYT and follow us on Instagram at WeAreGeekcentric. Uh, don't forget, you can also check out Nate's live gaming stream at twitch.tv slash NatePlaysGames. Uh, what games will you, will you be playing in the upcoming days and weeks there, bud? Yeah, well, I mean, I tried to play some scary games and I got too scared, so I stopped playing <laughs> scary games. Uh, of course, you can tune in on Tuesday's Community Night. Uh, we're usually playing multiplayer games, maybe some Fall Guys. Sometimes we have a full cast. Sometimes you can join in, too. Um, of course, on Sundays, every Sunday, Super Mario Sundays... Um, sometimes at eight, sometimes at nine thirty, uh, depending on my work schedule. You'll just have to go to Twitch or sorry, uh, Instagram.com slash Nate dot plays games if you want to follow me and find out my full schedule. But uh, Super Mario Sundays is a blast playing some Super Mario thirty five, some Super Mario sixty four for the first time, uh, and uh, having so much fun over there. It's a lot of it's a lot of fun. Twitch.tv slash Nate plays games. Come check it out. Nice getting all those stars, eh? That was... Getting all of them. There we go. Love yeah, it. I'm trying. Yeah. Love it. All right. Well, uh, Justin, Nate, thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. Until next time, as we always say, love you. Stay home safe. Peace. <laughs> 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 <laughs>